Good morning and welcome to episode 15 of the Quickie Podcast. Thank you for being here. Today my guest is Tom Froze, who is a freelance illustrator out of Vancouver, British Columbia. Now Tom is also a top teacher on Skillshare with courses uh, like illustrating for letterpress, illustrating maps using digital and analog media, and illustrating expressive stylized people, and a bunch of other courses uh, based around illustration. Definitely check out his courses on Skillshare. Uh, This interview was tons of fun. Tom's got a really quirky personality. Had a great time chatting with him. We talk about some of the artwork that he's done for restaurants in New York. Chat about the children's book that he did the illustrations for called Who's Boat? Um, You know, it got such good conversation that I kind of got a little bit lost with the time. So this one's a little bit over the 30 minutes or less. But you know what? I didn't want to cut it short. It was a great conversation. Tom's a great guy. So um, without wasting any more time, let's get right into it. Tom froze everyone. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field. And we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a quickie? Tom, how are you? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing terrific. Thank you for asking. Uh, Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Well, my name's Tom Froze, and I'm an illustrator in the Fraser Valley, and... I make images that explain, sell, and adorn for businesses and brands. Well said. I like that. Yeah. Got my elevator pitch there. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Uh, What was your childhood like? And do you feel that you had a creative childhood? Yeah. I think everyone starts out creative. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't see very many little kids who don't like drawing, for instance. Yeah. In my particular case, I was always, you know, drawing and making crafts and stuff like that was always just in the background. It was one of our pastimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Any particular like story or anything that you remember that's off the top of your head? In terms of just like early memories, formative. Yeah, early memories, getting creative, mom and dad giving you, you know, encouragement in one direction or the other. Well, my dad was artistic. You know, he he had a, a kind of a regular job, but he was super creative and musical and, and a writer and a, a really good draftsman. Uh, and he was just always making available to us supplies like drawing and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there there were times when I'm just trying to think of actual specific memories. I know my older brother was always like a way better drawer than me. <laughs> and okay. And we would be drawing... Like his thing was drawing houses and mansions and cars. And so we draw kind of like he was like really into like lifestyles of the rich and famous type stuff. And and so I kind of just was his little brother doing what he was doing, drawing stuff. And I think I think over over my childhood, I, I ended up getting really into like designing my own cars and spaceships and. That's even like cool. ski jackets and stuff like that. Like I, I, I kind of had that, that kind of designer tendency, I guess, yeah. but, 
but this might be for a later question, but later on, I kind of lost touch with that. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, early on, I was, I was always drawing and, de- and like, in quotes, designing things. <laughs> so. I remember when I was a kid, it was funny you said the, the mansions thing. I used to draw floor plans of my dream house. And I would okay, have yeah. a huge yard around it. And over here would be like the the downhill mountain bike track. And over here is the race car, the paved race car track. And then yeah. over here was like the monster truck track. And I would have all of these things in my in the yard of my house. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Like your fantasy, like whatever it was, right? Like I would I always wanted I ne- I was one of those unfortunate kids who didn't have my own NES. Yep. And so Whenever I got my a chance to play on, I just was like, you know, it was a dream. And I really wanted my own NES, but on a watch. And so yeah. I would des- I designed like my own watch, but within within the like feasible constraints of the technology of the time. Mm-hmm. So it was like it was two games. It was just Super Mario Brothers. Actually, I think it was just Super Mario Brothers. And it and like the watch was a little bigger because it had to be about the size of a, a Game Boy, but a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. And so like, I was like kind of thinking this through, but like, yeah, I was like trying to design like a watch that I could play Super Mario Brothers at school. Without That's really, so cool. Yeah. I like that. So then take us back to when you first started noticing good design or typography or illustrations out in the world. What did you start seeing? Right. It's hard to pinpoint that, but there is a sort of a moment in my life when my friend's dad gave me a book mm-hmm. called The Design of Everyday Things. Interesting. And I believe the author's name is Don Norman. Okay. The cover has a tea kettle on it with a handle and the spout on the same side. <laughs> and the... The premise of the book, if I can remember it correctly, it was a long time ago, but the premise of the book is that good design is is kind of benign, like you don't notice it because it's working properly. Yes. And so we'd point out things like how you'd have a, a pull handle on a door that's meant to push. Mm-hmm. And so you're not dumb for pulling on the push door. The door's dumb, like the design of the door's dumb. Yeah. So it really opened my eyes to how design functions in the, in the real world. And, and, and I liked that kind of overlap of the form and function working together to, yep. for a purpose. And I think that's when it sparked in me. Like, I like this, this kind of problem solving. Yeah. And, and that really opened my eyes. Like I, after reading a book like that, how can you not go out and start being like, Oh, that's good design. That's bad design. And, and, yeah. and noticing things like that. The door handle thing I notice every single day. I look for it and I, I interact with it. And I go, oh, that was not a good experience. So you almost know right away. Yeah, it's probably textbook now for designers, but that was mm-hmm. like the, the, the thing. It was my first time realizing that things are are made. Like you sometimes look at stuff and you're like, who who makes these things? And they're like, oh, designers make them. <laughs> I like that. So then what is so what is something that you wish you knew when you first started out in the design and illustrative field? Right. Another one of those questions that is hard to pinpoint for me, but I guess hindsight is twenty twenty. So anything that made me 
suffer and struggle mm-hmm. and 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 experience anxiety i would i would probably try and remove if i had the chance but i'm i'm being a bit facetious i think it's it's the not knowing that working working through what you don't know mm-hmm. is how you learn yeah and what kind of makes your story and and that kind of at least on the personal side and and the character that you give the flavor that you give to what you're designing. And in my case, I'm an illustrator, so that's more pronounced, say, than a, a UX designer might be. Yeah. Uh, I bring that into I bring that into my work. So yeah, I it's it's a it's kind of like one of those hard questions because like if I didn't have all the struggles, what 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 would have happened otherwise? But I think I think maybe my one regret is that I, I figured it out too late in life. Like I figured out my, I figured out the connection between me and what I'm good at and that there's an actual viable career in, in the creative industry mm-hmm. uh, a little later. So I, I, was, I was actually 26 when I went to art school, mm-hmm. 28, 29, like when I first started as an actual proper designer. Yeah. So... Yeah, good. Well, good answer. Good answer. I like that. So what has been the most influential design of your life so far? Either something you've seen or something you've been a part of? Hmm. Yeah. Most influential design. That's, I, I don't know if I can pinpoint one thing. Because, I mean, what do you mean by design, right? Like what? Uh, that's up to you. What 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 constitutes a design? I can I can. It's easier for me to say what kind of who as a person was more influential. And Paul Rand is like by far the most influential designer and thinker. He's really shaped both how my work looks how I approach work in terms of process and, and how I conduct myself as a business, as a, as a independent, as an independent freelancer or whatever. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, like, I think he's kind of like a, he, he's a, he, he, he was an illustrator. He was a designer. He was amazing at both of those. And the two were really one and the same. And that, that's really influenced my approach. I approach illustration as design and his his thoughts on on design like his his books his his writings his little essays are so good like mm-hmm. just just like he he's so good at articulating what what our job is and kind of he he was very vocal about the kind of some of the bs that you put up with as a creative in terms of feedback now that mm-hmm. sounds really cynical but but like he was he was very curmudgeon and yep. so he writes from that place of the frustrated designer like frustrated with design by committee frustrated with like the the shit clients say kind of thing yep and and but he was also really professional about like it wasn't like he was good like he he had clients and he worked he pleased them he wasn't a jerk but he was very the way he wrote was very me and very like i just really resonated with his straightforwardness i love that Nice. Paul Rand. Yeah, that name's come yeah. up before. Yeah. 
So what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far and what made it challenging and how did you get through it? The most challenging time in my design career. I am challenged all the time. Like every time. <laughs> so true. I, I, I'm, I'm just like every, every project I do, especially the longer ones mm-hmm. and sometimes even the shorter ones, it, it just amazes me how, how much work it takes to get to where I want to be in terms of just getting an idea. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that might be a bit of a cheap answer. Uh, I, I, I wish that I could remember like the most challenging. I mean, here's an example. Um, so, so the reason I'm, I'm, I'm an illustrator more so than say a, a, a proper graphic designer or mm-hmm. in branding or something like that is because my projects tend to be short mm-hmm. and I can just make the work and whether I'm happy with it or not, you know, it's, it's done to a, a level of professional quality. The client's happy. I can put it behind me and move on. Mm-hmm. And if if you're working on a branding project for a, a mid-sized company, that's going to take you months, mm-hmm. sometimes years. And by the time you're done with it, I mean, you're questioning some of the decisions you made early on. And, and, and you just like, in my case, I just sort of lose any sort of belief in it. And, and, and so illustration suits my temperament really well. Like I can, I can have that energy in these short bursts. It's like a sprint. And then I, you know, on to the next one. Last year I worked on a project for a a developer and it was like these of some of their buildings Mm -hmm. and they were, there was no timeline. They were kind of like, we want these, they're really purely decorative. We want them to hang in a gallery you know, I, I usually make something with a with a very specific purpose and business goal okay. and a very specific timeline. And in this case, it was art kind of more for aesthetic sake. And there was no real timeline. And my struggle, my challenge was to just do it. Mm-hmm. Just like I kept having other work come in. So I'd be like, oh, this doesn't have a timeline. Uh, I'll just do this now. This other thing. And, and then every time I came to make, and there were 10, 10 of these posters, like just big, bigger pieces. Mm -hmm. So the challenge was just maintaining that enthusiasm and, and the level of energy I need to actually put my, put some kind of spirit and charisma into each piece. Mm -hmm. And, and then, and then along the way, I kind of realized I was kind of putting off the client and, and, and not honoring the fact that, you know, they're, they're business and they need me to pump these things out. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I kept like on the deadline, I'd be, and I'm not like this with most clients, like where I'd be like, come to the deadline day and I hadn't communicated and then I'd be like, I, I don't have anything today. And, and I think I need to, I need more time. And I just took kind of walked, I took advantage of the, the, the lax, they're they're being lax, if that makes any sense. Absolutely does. And so I I remember this is turning into a long story. I hope that's okay. Totally, yeah. Yeah, I know this is called quickie, but this is not a quickie. <laughs> I, I'll tr- I'll try and summarize it. Basically, I, I was watching um, Gordon Ramsay like 
kick someone's ass in his his show uh, hotel hell yeah and he was just saying like like these guys had a failing hotel operation uh business and and they're they're really like treating their clients or their customers or their guests terribly and for some reason i was like i'm not i'm that hotel operator like screwing up on the customer service side like something like i was like being vicariously like whipped into shape by Gordon Ramsay. It was this funny <laughs> moment, but it, it really like, it depressed me. Yeah. And right away I was like, I need to, I need to get back into like the spirit of, of the service side of, of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Right. And not just be this entitled artist. And that was, a, I mean, there's lots of challenges in there, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're still talking about the challenge. Um, but yeah, I ended up kind of calling myself on it and, and apologizing to the client, and I sent them a a, a, a basket of beer, you know, instead of a beer cures all. It, yeah, it, that that basically won them back over. And they didn't seem that mad, but I th- I feel like they respected the fact that I that I was like, yeah, I'm kind of screwing up here. And then we finished the project, and it was yeah. good. That was very self aware of you to to catch that and to sort of see mm. that within yourself and acknowledge that that's tough to do. Mm. Yeah, it was hard. It was humiliating, but yeah, self-aware is my middle name. <laughs> <laughs> but like we answered earlier, the, the lumps we take and the lessons we learn sort of shapes the creative journey moving forward. Yeah, totally. So social media has mm. social media changed graphic design or illustration or the process of it. Um, and do you feel that it's beneficial or harmful? Hmm. Has it changed illustration or design? I, I, how can it not? Yeah. Right. It's so influential. You have people looking at image after image, like never before. I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. I mean, what? Twenty years ago, fifteen years ago, if you wanted to look at portfolios and work, you could go to individual people's websites and then you'd look at one body of work and then another one body of work. Or you'd look at some very curated, like how design or, you know, communication arts magazine or something like that. Uh Now we, it changes how we consume it. It changes how we make it because it changes why we're making it. Cause I have, I have to make stuff for Instagram every now and then just to, you know, engage my audience and yep. be a person. I don't know if it matters, but I, I have to do, I feel like I have to do that somehow, you know, in somewhere. It, it turns us all into these little tiny companies or something like that, that have it's tiny brands, right? It just plays mm-hmm. into that whole personal brand movement or whatever. Yeah. And I, I, I think overall, Warts and all, social media has been really good mm-hmm. for for creatives because it's giving us a platform and a voice where we know people are showing up. And there's, you love it or hate it, the 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 likes and comments function mm-hmm. gives you feedback. When could you have ever had that? I mean, it might not be always the feedback you need or like the same thing as being in a crit in an art class. Yep. Or talk, talking to a client about actual work, but there's something there. It's it's like people who might not otherwise have become creative are are motivated through the reward of likes and views and stuff like that to make stuff. So yeah, you know, 
I think I think I think it's been good. There's value in it for sure. I think so. Yeah. So, <clears throat> how do you gauge if your illustrations, your designs, are resonating with their intended audience? How do you gauge whether what you make is resonating with your audience? Mm-hmm. Like what? What is the signs that that tell you that you nailed it? Are you talking about like a, a post on social media or like a more actual design project? Uh, let's go with the project category. Yeah, because obviously you know if something resonates by likes and comments, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so if if you're talking about a specific project, it's harder to gauge. I always go by what the what the client tells me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just yesterday talking to one of my clients. I've been kind of a illustrator of record for them and, (laughs) you know, been kind of doing this one kind of job over and over for them. And I don't know if they're they're good, what I'm making are good, but they told me yesterday, like, oh, yeah, we've been getting lots of positive feedback. So you have to get feedback. I mean, the answer is feedback from people. And sometimes I'll post, this is probably artificial, but like I'll post a real project that I made online on social media and right or wrong, it's probably bad to do this, but I, I gauge like how how well received it might have been based on how many people on social media respond and resonate to it. But I, I don't know. It's a good question. Mm-hmm. No, I like your answer, actually, because it really does just come down to, you know, there's the analytical side of it where it's sales numbers and, um, you know, all of the online metrics that you can access um, but, you know, when you're doing illustration work or work that isn't building websites or new logos where you can track sales mm-hmm. from it, you know, it really comes down to that feedback from the customer, from their customers. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's super important that what I make resonates mm-hmm. and I hope it does. And I'm I'm happy to know through like social media and get that kind of feedback. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, maybe the proof of it, of how much it resonates, is in whether you get a callback from from that client yep. saying, you know, we appreciated what you did, it worked, let's do it again. Or you see it out in the world, you see people interacting with it. You know, I did a book, I illustrated a book cool. a few, I guess, last year. And I actually don't know how well received it. I, I, I don't get a lot of feedback about that book. There hasn't been a lot of buzz. I'm excited that I did the book. It was a great opportunity. Um, but I also kind of feel like maybe maybe the book wasn't... I didn't expect it to be a, a you know, Caldecott win or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just... You know, it's, 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 it's function has been served. It's, it's a board book for kids. And you know they're learning about boats, and, <laughs> and but but I, I really don't know aside from some of the mommy blogs and and, and parenting blogs that kind of re- given the book to review, you know it's it's hard to know it's hard to know like are people like what's what they're they're quirky illustrations they're my illustrations so maybe people are like those are weird people or why did <laughs> you know I don't know I wish I knew I wish I knew what is the book called whose boat whose boat I gotta buy that book, Tom. Uh, what project have you been a part of that you're the most proud of? The one that makes your heart sing, or is the biggest feather in your cap? 
The biggest feather in my cap. Hmm. Whose boat? Hmm. Whose boat was great because it was my first published kids book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. I shouldn't say this. But it's not not the piece I'm most proud of. Mm-hmm. You know, I I I have. I'm happy about it. I actually find it hard to look at any of my past projects with too much of a rosy lens. Like mm-hmm. I like I said, per my comment about being a designer versus an illustrator, I I make the stuff and then I, I there's always something about it I, I hate once it's done. So it's um, I'm proud of all my work. I'm proud of my body of work. Like I, yes. I'm proud of the fact that I'm doing these things and I'm working for these clients and I'm, I'm still getting calls. I... I prefer the, the the projects that sort of embraced my weirdness there's like or my uniqueness or something like that. One of my favorite projects was for a restaurant mm-hmm. in New York called Quality Eats. Cool. And they're just like, we just want you to draw like these super goofy scenes, like draw a, a scene in New York with a hooker and a cow on a skateboard. <laughs> and and they're kind of like giving me prompts yeah. of what to draw, but giving me room to sort of inject my personality into it. And it was almost like there's there's like, they were definitely like giving me feedback and, and changes, but but there was a, lo- a, a nice dialogue of like, let's have fun. Let's make this, this weird stuff that we're going to hang in a restaurant and, and kind of connect to electrical tubes. And it was really weird. The, there's pictures of it on my website, mm-hmm. but uh, I love that because it was uh, for a cool client, kind of uh, very creative and it's integrated into this. I love work when it, of mine, when it gets integrated into an environment, I find mm-hmm. that like I lo- right now I'm really into like, um, projects that get my work up on a mural, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, stuff that's outside of the printed format. And, and so those, those are always fun. That sounds like a cool one. Yeah. Yeah. You have a very uh, sort of random quirky personality, much like myself. So that's going yeah. I would completely dig that sort of kind of project. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I feel like we're always, I think one of the biggest frustrations of creatives is that they're, they're, their clients quote won't take risks right mm, yeah that's usually not why we're hired we're usually hired to you know give them something they're a little bit familiar with that kind of helps them with their goal and okay. that's okay that's okay but when you get a job that asks you just to be weird or be yourself and just have at her mm-hmm. sometimes in, in some ways that can be hard but for me with a bit of structure that's that's really fun I love when clients let me embellish what I'm making with very personal and, and kind kind of quirky things. Yeah. We, um, reminds me of this story that I'll share with you. I'm the brand manager for a commercial printer and my, the last 12 months or so have been really pushing and trying to create a personality for this company. So a, a personality for this brand and, um, cause in the, in the commercial print space, you know, it's seemingly very, you know, there's, there's the corporate printer or there's like, like they each have their own little personality, but nobody was filling the void of connecting with the younger designer and being fun and kind of awkward and quirky, but still we know our stuff and we do amazing award-winning work. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we created this direct mail campaign where we mailed out a custom printed box of craft dinner. <laughs> and this box um, was fully our design. It was promoting some foil stuff that we were doing at the time. And so it was this really, really nice foil stamp. And instead of like the fork with a little piece of macaroni on it, we used a bow tie noodle because it's a little bit classier than, right, yeah. than the traditional mac and cheese. But same colors, like at first glance, you're like KD. But, you know, when you look at it again, um, so one of the one of the social media promotions that we were going to do around this direct mail campaign um, was this little Instagram block image that just said, send nudes. And it's, <laughs> but nudes was N-O-O-D-S, like noodles, right? It's short for noodles. <laughs> Right. And uh, the higher ups shot it down. I couldn't use it. It was killing me because I loved it. It was just right. so, so loud and unique, but hilarious. And it gives an instant fun personality. But yeah, roadblocked. Yeah, yeah. So if you had gotten to do that, that probably would have been like one of your favorite projects. Just Absolutely. like how, how ridiculous it is that that actually exists. Yes, totally. Right? And we still, uh, that direct mail went out, <clears throat> I want to say like six or seven months ago, and I still hear about it when I mm-hmm. go visit customers and visit meetings and stuff. So it definitely hung around, and I just feel that the reach would have been that much further had we right. been able to do some of the, the little bit more risque social media stuff that wasn't really risky. But yeah, so very similar. Yeah. Um, what piece of advice would you offer to new design grads? looking to make their mark in the industry? Uh, be patient. Mm-hmm. Not everyone is born with a silver spoon mouth. And, and so like when you're, when you're starting out just out of, out of, I guess I'm assuming out of a design program or mm-hmm. art school or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think the most discouraging thing for me to see, especially with like, I mean, I graduated about 10 years ago mm-hmm. and it's so discouraging to me to see that people gave up yeah. and I understand, you know, may, like I gave up being a computer engineer, you know, and maybe computer engineers are, are watching and they're like, why did Tom give up? I don't know. No, one, <laughs> no, no, one, no one's asking that about me. Uh, um, I think, I think if you have the excitement and the passion, just, have a have a you can't fail even when you fail kind of attitude when you i'm sort of sort of like slowly teasing this out of my head right now but i don't know my my approach was like whatever direction happens from here on like when i went into art school Mm -hmm. um i was like I'm doing what I love. I'm pursuing this. And this is already a win that I'm here. So if I end up being a a bad designer, and that's possible, like some people, maybe not a bad designer, but like maybe it's just not your superpower. Mm -hmm. There's, there's something you can, you can still stay in, stay in the game. You can still do something you're passionate about. Go into teaching, go into, um, you know, be an account manager for, for a create a highly creative company. You know, um, there's different, different things that like you can, you can almost like, it's not like you're, you're like setting yourself up to fail 
Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, just like try, right? Work yeah. hard, make reach out, make connections, and and obviously be be active in in making stuff, whether you have work to do or not, right? So maybe that's my first piece of advice, mm-hmm. which is a little bit more inspirational than like if you if you fail. Um, yeah, this is this is old hat for everyone too. I think we all know this. You have to make stuff yeah. that people recognize and like. And then you have to do that a few times. And and once you're known for, for that, even within a small local circle, you start getting calls. Mm-hmm. So you just have, it's, it just takes work and patience. That's what I meant by be patient. But then also have, a, um, because there's a lot of anxiety around succeeding and and not being at the level you want to be at Mm -hmm. or being appreciated like there's there's always a a corner you can turn or a a new path that you can kind of veer off of from where you were and and if you love creativity it it doesn't mean that like there's always some there's always something you can do i i believe you know, mm-hmm. everyone's life story is different, and 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 I understand that. But yeah, I think I I would say just work hard and don't give up. That sounds cliche, but I guess you'd summarize it like that <laughs> for sure. Uh, last question I just want to round out with is: What is one design product, tool, website, or community that you can't live without? List those things again, please. Uh, either a design product a tool, a website, or a community that you can't live without? Okay. Uh, I'd like to think that I can live without all the tools and technology. Mm-hmm. And, and and that there that my that my my strength is more my ability to solve problems or something or the way I view things, my perspective. Mm-hmm. But, you know, day to day, I'd find it pretty hard to get by without my iPad and Apple Pencil. There it is. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Going the perspective, <laughs> the brilliant mind, and then, yeah, the iPad. The iPad. Yeah. That's awesome. But, hey, yeah. I, use it, I use it like I use a sheet of paper. Totally. So, so that's, that's I, yeah, I don't. I don't like to believe that I'm overly dependent on technology, but I am. Yeah. Is that an iPad Pro, Apple Pencil? iPad Pro, Apple Pencil, the the just previous generation to the yeah. one that's out now. Yeah, that's the exact same one I have that I'm still trying to figure out how to learn and exercise. Yeah, no, it's it's an it's an incredibly powerful tool and it's 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 been a game changer for me. Awesome. Uh, Tom, hang on the line after this, but I first wanted to publicly thank you for being on the Quickie Podcast. It's been great chatting with you, and uh, I'm going to let you back to your day. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate uh, the conversation. It was really, really awesome. Awesome. All right. It's Dave hopping back on the end of the episode. Thank you very much for listening to this one with Tom Froze. You can find him on Instagram at Mr. Tom Froze. And uh, also go over to Skillshare. Check out his courses if you're interested in illustration at all. He is a great teacher and he does brilliant work. Thank you again. Have a great rest of your day.